My name is Ann Garrido, and I'm the author of the book Redeeming Power, 12 Lessons for Catholics Who Lead. I learned so much in writing this book, and one of the things that I learned was that in order to be a healthy leader who exercises power well, you should always be trying to engage in some activity in which you are not the leader, not the expert. An activity where you're trying out something new that might feel a little bit overwhelming and you feel incompetent. This is not hard for me because there are lots of things that overwhelm me and there are plenty of tasks in which I am incompetent. Just ask my webmaster. But this podcast is my newest experiment in incompetence. I've never interviewed people for a recording before, never edited them before, never considered how to get sound files onto various platforms before. So basically, I'm beginning this podcast with a plea to be generous to me in your listening. Hopefully the dogs barking in the background and the sound of the dump truck passing will simply be an encouragement to you that the bar is low and now you too will feel daring enough to put your incompetent foot forward and try something new. But with apologies for barking dogs out of the way, I hope you're still excited to listen because I have some brilliant people for you to meet. These are the people who I interviewed when working on the book Redeeming Power, who in my mind, I've taken to thinking of as good Goliaths. Let me explain. When I was eight and summers were eternal, My mom sent me to the Lutheran Vacation Bible School at the end of the block for a week of scripture memorization and craft making. And it was here that I first heard the story of David and Goliath. Of course, the account, as told in cute cartoon cutouts, had been excised of gore and violence. None of the trash talking about people as dogs and leaving your corpse out for the birds that makes the real David and Goliath story found in 1 Samuel 17 unsuitable for second graders. What I heard was the sanitized, yet most essential plotline about the small, defeating the powerful and mighty, the little one conquering the great with God at their side. I suspect that the David and Goliath story is a favorite of little people everywhere. And by this term, little people, I do not mean just children. We can all see ourselves in the place of David confronted with an evil giant that seems so big, and we know what it feels like to be alone, raging against forces more powerful than we are. There is something so consoling about this story, so hopeful, because we hear that God stands behind the underdog, and with God, all things are possible. One well-aimed shot from the sling of a shepherd boy can end the oppression of a nation. I remember many years ago now when working on my first book, I became embroiled in a battle with a theologian appointed by the cardinal of my publisher's archdiocese over a matter of canon law related to that book. Here I was, armed with my one little semester of canon law coursework against a mighty cleric, at least from where I sat, who appeared invincible, and I won. I remember rereading the story of David and Goliath right around that time and cheering, ha, it's true, Goliath bites the dust. I hope you've known that kind of vindication in some of your darker hours when you felt really small. At the same time, in more recent years, I've become aware, shockingly, that not everyone thinks of me as a ruddy, youthful David with God on my side. Somehow, without my being terribly conscious of it happening, the little girl in vacation Bible school grew quite big, became a teacher, 
became an administrator, became a leadership consultant, became the owner of my own business. Okay, tiny business, but still. The point is that even though I still often think of myself as being the tiny underdog against the evils of life, I occasionally catch a fierceness mixed with fear in another's eye that lets me know that they see me quite differently as someone huge, as someone powerful, as someone who could squelch their plans. I'm waking up to the fact that somewhere in me now is also Goliath. I don't like looking at the story from this lens. It's much better being David, don't you agree? But just as it's important for our life of faith to know and revel in our smallness and incompetence, it is equally as important for our life of faith that we come to know and accept our bigness. Because that's what most of us here checking out this podcast are. We're leaders. We're influencers. We're people in roles of authority. We may not always feel it, but we are big. And what I learned in writing the book was that the more unaware that we are of our bigness, the more likely we are to trample on others without even knowing we've done so, like a bull in a china shop or a Goliath on a battlefield. And the more surprised we'll be to come face to face with the angry, determined eyes of a youth who thinks that God is in their corner. Who really is David in today's society, in today's church, It probably isn't us. And who has God on their side? Well, I'm not willing to be Dr. Nair on this matter, but if the biblical witness has anything to say about it, again, we'll have to allow the possibility that it's not you and I, or at least not only you and I. So this has made me wonder. If the key virtues of David are courage, determination, and faith, what would goodness look like in the person of Goliath? We don't get any clues from 1 Samuel 17. The original Goliath thought the gods were with him and apparently never considered the question. But the people I interviewed have. The people I interviewed for this podcast are Christian ministers who are serving the church in a variety of different capacities. They're women and men, younger and older, ordained and lay, in formal positions of authority and not. From across the U.S. and Canada, even Singapore. The only thing they all have in common is that there are people of power and they are trying, like me, to figure out how to exercise that well. They had some great clues for me and I think you'll find that they have some great clues for you too. But let me back up one more time. The other thing that they have in common is their faith. These are all people who know that for them personally, the healthy exercise of power needs to be grounded in the witness of Jesus Christ, who was the gargantuan greatness of God poured out into a descendant of David. The Gospels tell us that Jesus lived in solidarity with the small of the earth, taking on their concerns, bearing their trials, living their life. The Gospels tell us that he used his power to bring about the reign of God, creating a new kind of society. And the Gospels tell us that like Goliath, he died, the sword of his enemy thrust into his side. But unlike Goliath, his was a life given, not taken, and his corpse was never food for the birds of the air and the beast of the field. He rose from where he lay, life overturning death, giving hope and courage to the small of the earth, and offering a pattern of discipleship for the great who seek to stand on God's side. 
he gives us a way of translating our largeness into largesse. In this podcast series, I share highlights from these interviews that I conducted so that you too can be inspired by some truly remarkable leaders who are serving the church today and that you can find courage in your own journey to be a good Goliath. Think of this as Vacation Bible School for Catholic leaders. All the messy parts of the story left in, no memorization or crafts involved, just a few dogs barking in the background.